thousand nights toil is called overnight success mm. once you are done with the thousand nights you will realize that it's only been 3 years but it will look successful and i would want to extend it as you know a 10000 nights toil hi and welcome to the insights podcast series from axel i'm your host anand daniel today as my guest i have farid asan the co-founder and ceo of shatchat shatchat is one of india's leading vernacular social media platforms it's been developed over the past 3 to 4 years by farid and his co-founders who met at iit kanpur that's a dream journey for most young entrepreneurs in india the company has continued to scale so spectacularly and farid recalls what are all the key skills some of the key ingredients that has helped him succeed as he has been scaling the startup let's dive right in and learn more about farid's journey so excited to have you here farid thanks for joining us yeah thank you anand and avinash thank yeah. you for having me over talking about my journey i grew up in uh, six different cities went to six different schools my dad used to work in a bank because of this upbringing i think one thing that came to me which was very unique was i was able to adjust or find new people every 3 years generally had to move forward very very quickly at an early age had to find friends you know learning to gel in with new people quickly and adopting and you know uh, improvising uh, i think that was something which i i got as a bonus point for uh, you know bearing with six, six different schools another thing that was unique which i feel today is helping me uh, while building sharechat was the fact that in an indian muslim household when you grow up uh, you will never speak arabic or urdu but you will end up learning arabic and urdu because your grandparents do want you to learn arabic and urdu so um i i knew english and hindi from school and then arabic and urdu happened and then uh in north of india you learn sanskrit as the third language in school mm-hmm. and i got lucky that in the middle while learning sanskrit i was uh my dad got transferred again and i went to mumbai where uh they were teaching french and i learned french i ended up learning more languages exposing myself to people from various cities i lived in bhopal delhi mumbai so so all of this combined i think uh, allowed me to be more cognizant of differences and commonalities between people of different cultures and different languages and uh, made me more uh, tolerant as a product person to understand the nuances that would come with diversity mm-hmm. uh, which is I, which i think lies at the core of sharechat yeah that's awesome i want to jump to sharechat in a minute so but before that so from there you went to iits how did that happen yeah oh yeah. uh so you know how everyone in india goes to iit you not everyone wants to go but fear <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. but yeah you prepare for uh, two years you go to coaching class and then you join iit and uh, a few people are lucky enough to know about iit from the earlier days uh, i got to know about it in class 11th mm-hmm. so in the middle of my class 11th i realized okay so this is something really important everyone's preparing for this mm-hmm. i should prefer it too and uh, that's how i ended up at iit like i i think i just followed the path most people follow you do your math you do your physics mm-hmm. and you learn your chemistry how were those four years there like how did that help you so when when i uh, when i got to iit something that happened was that i was in material science and engineering and before you go to iit 
a lot of people tell you that there's a boom in mechanical there's a boom in civil there's a boom in computer science mm. you never hear about a boom in material science <laughs> right? so i was a bit depressed at yeah. some level that you know what i'm going to a place where there's no boom <laughs> and i i hadn't heard about this uh, you know branch of engineering even before i got through iit so uh it was sort of a peculiar experience when it comes to thinking about what will happen in the future and uh, my parents just wanted me to be in kanpur because they were in lucknow and they wanted me to be close to them mm-hmm. and kanpur was giving me either civil engineering or material science so i thought i'll pick up material science let's explore and see what what happens there mm-hmm. uh to my surprise uh, or not to my surprise material science was a branch which was very niche mm-hmm. and did not have as many industry opportunities in india as should be having like how it has in the us and uh, because of that uh, most people in material science are left to figure out on their own what they want to do in life because uh, you end of the day you are not going to have a rosy life you have to go beyond uh, your skills so so one thing that i realized early on that maybe i will never be a great material science engineer but i can be a great engineer and uh, at you know in the first two years of engineering around 70% of your courses overlap mm-hmm. with other um, departments departments as well so so i think uh, that during that period uh, i learned that uh, the best jobs that were happening in the market were um, not the core jobs except for computer science every other branch every other department had to either go to investment banking or consulting or uh, you know learn a, a bit of coding or analytics and join a startup i think that was the trend that we saw and uh, one another interesting thing that i saw was that folks in my final like when i was in my first year of college the folks who were in the final year who were like playing gods when they were at campus as soon as they graduated uh, you know their value diminished significantly because they were yet another iitian out of the iit setup and figuring their way out in the real world and the that realization that the real world doesn't value you as much uh, as how you start feeling in this small network of iitians mm-hmm. uh, you know that realization when it struck in i i felt that okay so maybe then we'll have to figure out uh, how do we go to the next platform and uh, that is where started exploring started figuring out my dad uh, wanted me to join hbas or any of the ivy league schools or a great mba college post engineering and uh, so i started exploring what kind of people end up there mm-hmm. and uh, the three things that uh, finally came as as a result uh, after talking to a lot of people was that either you become a consultant or you become an investment banker or you build a startup or the fourth pr- uh, plan is the 2 plus 2 program i didn't want to do the 2 plus 2 so i told my dad about these three things uh, told him that uh you know i will try for the investment banking and consulting uh, internship and try to get myself a placement offer i will apply for a job after that and let and we'll see from there so but my action plan internally was that i'll go through the investment banking thing and i'll do my startup so so yeah so that uh, experience really helped me understand why companies are called good run well run companies mm-hmm. why uh companies need to have great metrics why finance controlling your finances why being frugal why being scrappy why having strategic knowledge why having specific insight is so key because 
whenever we were making decks in in that two month internship period whenever i was making decks mm. the most important parts were these parts how the some of the parts are uh, you know greater than the company's valuation how synergies work when two companies combine why a a, a good balance sheet uh, works better in the public market what is the difference between a vc pe or a retail investor why do emotions play like this why people back certain companies why certain companies become successful so all these things you know came in as a crash course to me in that two month period so uh, it so once that happened i went back to my dad after the internship told him that you know dad i got the offer now and uh, you know if i sit for placements i will get through this as well like i'll it's it's going to be all settled so i can take those these two paths or you can give me two years and i can do my startup you give me a permit for 2 years because you know if i can get through two opportunities mm. of one of investment banking one of consulting i can get through five more mm-hmm. you know that's that just means i am skilled enough to get through it so why don't you let me try the my third option which i'm most interested in which i want to do and let me start up for 2 years and maybe we will review it after 2 years and why startup at that time what was the motivation or who did you look at or what made you think that's a good option so uh, it's it's very uh, i think kidish or immature but we saw uh, like my co-founder bhanu and i we ended up seeing uh, the social network around 10 15 times okay so that, that the movie had, yeah the movie he <laughs> just uh, he just yeah. went through it like 10 15 times in a week or so yeah. and uh, other than that at the same time this realization that the people who graduated they had to start from ground up they never the iit platform only gets you to a certain level to build beyond that you need to build your own platform yeah. and uh, this realization plus the movie and then techcrunch was getting a lot of fame they were doing good seo work mm-hmm. at that point so we started reading a lot of techcrunch and mm-hmm. got really excited with the prospects that were happening and i think at the same time around 2011 12 uh, tesla made a comeback from being you know the uh, one of the companies that were Uh, uh, made fun of in mm. the in the valley circle it became the darling of uh, silicon valley and you know all those stories coming together just made us feel you know this is the right way this is the right way to live your life you you should start up like irrespective of what age what time you're in you should start up because this is the only way you get yourself a chance to get to the next level to to a platform from which you cannot come down Okay, so you started even then while in college. Yes. And and uh, what are the you went? Yeah, so I didn't tell this. my parents that I was working <laughs> on the startup. Yeah. I mean, but I, did you have the share chat idea then, or was it other things at that no, time? No, yeah. no. We started with a real estate portal. Okay. That is why, and it was named Mohalla. That mm-hmm. is why the company's name is Mohalla Tech Private Limited, mm-hmm. and share chat is a product that we figured out uh, in uh, 2014 December. Okay. It, it took us uh, two years uh, of uh, you know product learnings to figure out uh, that it's not the idea, it's not uh, you know uh, your cool gut theory that makes you win. It's uh, a need where 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 you can really understand that is is something uh, good to have or a must have. understanding this first whether a consume whether you're going to be a must have in a consumer's life or not second understanding how big that opportunity is and third executing your vision i think these three are more key than building a cool uh, product because your product will ultimately become cool mm-hmm. what what's what's more cool if your company lives and your company grows it's never cool to have a cool product and let your company die mm. 
and and a company is much more than a set of features and a set of products you know it's 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 a it's a way of uh building and solving problems mm-hmm. that's what a company actually signifies yeah so how did you come up with this particular idea yeah so in uh, 2014 we moved from uh, kanpur to mumbai graduated bhanu graduated and then ankush was still in college uh, and we moved to mumbai we were working out of india quotients office space mm-hmm. uh, that introduction happened because the alumni i mentioned prateek shukla mm-hmm. he was incubated by india quotient he was funded by india quotient and uh, even though india quotients incubation batch got over they allowed us to work out of their office we were like the single team working out of their office incubated there having just two seats there and uh, we were working on a debate platform called opinio like having same name as one of your investment yeah. companies yeah. but yeah uh, in during the journey with opinio we figured out that while it might look like a, a very cool product and while we were execu- good at executing it as well we got to some 32000 uh users in around 4 months time all organically uh we felt that uh, this is still not a massier must have for a user it's a good to have for a niche user it's a very cool product it's uh, intellectual but it's not going to blow like it's not going to become very very big mm-hmm. uh maybe under uh you know under a bigger mothership it will thrive but it will not be big on its own mm. and uh, that is when uh, ankush figured out an anomaly in the behavior of people on facebook groups and whatsapp groups uh, that we saw that there was a post uh, on facebook in a sachin tendulkar fan page that i am making a whatsapp group of sachin tendulkar please give me your phone numbers and below that post he saw there were some 80000 people who had shared phone numbers mobile numbers mobile numbers yeah. and uh, this was like the eureka moment that uh, why is this happening why are people sharing phone numbers on a facebook group for getting onto a whatsapp group because facebook should essentially be the place where all sachin tendulkar's content should come in, in that fan club yeah. but yeah. people want to move to a whatsapp group that means there's something lagging mm-hmm. or something missing mm-hmm. in the facebook group which whatsapp is actually providing mm-hmm. Or, or it's just comfort, or it's something mm-hmm. that WhatsApp has which Facebook doesn't have right now. And uh, with this hypothesis, we uh, took all those phone numbers, put them in our own WhatsApp groups because we knew nobody could add eighty thousand people in a WhatsApp group. Mm-hmm. But you can do it via code. You can parse all those comments, get all those numbers, mm-hmm. put them in your phone book, get, you know, automatically build those groups, and then observe. So we started observe. So we had around six hundred WhatsApp groups, like two hundred each in the three of our phones, mm-hmm. and we just started observing <laughs> uh, what these users were doing. And we had shut down Opinio mm-hmm. on the other side. And this is December twenty fourteen. We just started observing why people are doing things this way. Why are they on WhatsApp? what are their problems why do some people fight on whatsapp groups why uh people share on whatsapp groups what is the bragworthy proposition in being able to share on whatsapp groups and that is where we came with the core idea that you know look uh people make whatsapp groups because they want to find content uh which is most relevant to them they are not able to search they are not able to uh browse because they are on poor internet connections their phones do not support uh heavy websites their phones do not have great memory cards 
these people also don't know english beyond 25 words at max the vocabulary is very very limited and moreover um the audience wants to find new people to interact with unlike us who have moved cities the, there were these people who have stayed in the same city for 20 years of their life or 25 years of their life or 30 years of their life have had the same set of 5 to 10 friends have probably gone to the same market for all those years have not have probably hit on the same set of uh, other gender people <laughs> right so um these people want a discovery uh, they want a doordarshan yeah. they want to view outside their world because their world is very limited and the mobile uh, phone acts as a gateway to the new world so if we can smoothen out all these uh, kinks all these uh, problems that this user has while browsing the internet we will be able to be their one stop shop for all content or people discovery needs and that is how the share chat idea began and and at the core of this we realized one thing that people like to brag about being the first person to have shared cool content in their group mm. like i'll give you uh, it's it's in hindi but i've seen it in on a lot of content group kisi ka bhi ho dhamaka hamara hi hoga now this is the bragworthy proposition that the new internet user wanted uh, that they should be the first person to share the dhamakedar content on the group mm-hmm. and this is the first need with which we started mm-hmm. that at least for the whatsapp group admins at least for these people who want to brag we be that must have content solution we be that must have content portal mm-hmm. and then we will build on it from there okay so that was the initial phase of shashwat yeah. this is 2014 15 december 2014 january 2015 yes and and then uh, talk us to the early days and some some of the learnings from that okay um don't hire via gut always hire as i think this was one key learning that we had uh leverage your network to the maximum possible depth mm-hmm. uh in network hiring you're able to uh get access to the best of talent and they you will not need to do branding on linkedin you will not need to pay sums of money to hrs or uh have you know uh, kirk, these these firms like hiring firms yeah. uh blogging your, firms, or, yeah. or 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 any of these things you will not need any of these things if you are leveraging your network well and there are enough people out there who you can leverage from your network who you can get in so i remember the first engineering hire the person who currently heads our backend infrastructure he we had chased him from 2015 uh, 2014 august till 2015 september mm. he joined us in 2015 october we had chased him for one year two months uh, that because we wanted to ensure that the people who are there in our network at least we have access to them at least we are using their skills and their abilities because they will understand our vision and they will be able to get attached to our culture more quickly than anyone else the culture at the end of the day comes from founders it doesn't come from an hr yeah another one thing that uh, i learned very early on is that uh, don't offload your culture to the hr you know you have if you are the founder you and you are running the shop you are the culture everything comes from you everything that your uh, every step that your team takes every uh, process that your team adopts or every action that your team does uh, it comes from one belief and that belief comes from the founder 
and 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 that belief can be anything that you know we'll be the biggest platform for vernacular or in any other company's case it can be something else but that belief that vision that is something that only the founder can drive and that drives a lot of decisions for your teams in the early days i think that's very very key mm-hmm. uh, that that uh, key thing that we learned so you started working on culture and all that even from early days yeah because we did not want an hr okay in the early days we did not have an hr till september 2018 mm-hmm. till september 2018 we were yes yes we we wanted uh, processes that were that would easy that would make the life of our team members easy uh, we believe that the best teams are the one who don't need an external person to govern them they should be able to govern themselves every day in and out we should be able to attach a kpi to them on on basis of which we can tell whether you have defined your objectives or your experiments well or not and we can help them through building that process mm-hmm. but otherwise i don't think adding extra layers of hierarchy or adding what uh, you know more functions in the company before you need it adds any value mm-hmm. every function is uh, plays an important role but it should come at the right stage of the company if you start investing in the finance division of the company from day one and your company doesn't need it as much like for us our finance division we started building it in october 2017 we hired our first ca then before that i just hired an accountant to ensure that our books are in place our houses is in order but nothing more than that mm-hmm. you you do not need to overdo a few things because then you will be making it hard for your team members to experiment freely in all directions mm-hmm. and also it would you know stop the entrepreneur from having oversight over everything mm-hmm. because then you would you would feel that okay so i have this person this person will take care i should probably not get in am i encroaching too much land am i encroaching uh, too much space for this person you want as an entrepreneur you have to let go mm-hmm. I, i think that's very very important but if you let go before there's something too early yeah. too early right yeah. if you if you let go before uh, there's something and it's too early yeah. you will let go of this function entirely it will not resonate with Uh, what you thought your company would be it would not be aligned to your vision mm-hmm. as a, as a, as a, as a company and uh, one thing that a lot of entrepreneurs miss is that your company and your product are both independent entities mm-hmm. they need a lot of effort and focus uh, to be built like a great company with a slightly lesser product can still fetch you great financial outcomes but a poor company with an amazing product might not get you, fetch you as many outcomes so while ensuring that you are paranoid about the product you should also you should also be paranoid paranoid about the company okay. after a certain scale an entrepreneur can only do a few things you know the way companies grow versus the way founders grow if if in the normal world i was 5 years experienced today uh, i would not have been given the helm of a company so large as we are right now right because the ex the way the company grows the individual will always grow slowly mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah that is uh, that's that's why it's very important that uh, the founder keeps a strong uh, uh, you know con- con- control over what is growing uh, while letting go of functions to other people and also learning in your everyday in and out a lot a lot of people ask me how what kind of books i read or what kind of uh things uh i i i i um spend time on uh to learn um so 
I actually spend time on the same books. Like there's this book by Andy Grove called High Output Management, who was like mm-hmm. the founding CEO of yeah. Intel. I have read that book around I think 15, 20 times, and it's not that I read that book in in a go. Every time I like, I recently I had to build a training module, so I went and read the twelfth chapter over three times. And that's it. I just read the 12th chapter because it's about training. The next time I have to do quality check, I'll go back and read the first two chapters about the egg factory uh, again. And I'll do it continuously because that's that's theory for me. That's notes. If I don't go through it, I will end up making a lot of noob mistakes, which which I should not make now. Don't make the known mistakes. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's good. You covered a lot of ground there. I want to break it down a little further. So early days, three of you as founders, how did you split roles and... And also uh, maybe talk about that and also your experimentation engine. That's that's something that that mentality of trying out a lot of things, which I noticed in you long back when we met. That maybe these two things, right? If we can talk about first with the uh, founders, the three of you, how did you split roles? And uh, you talked about your early hires, the engineering and all that. You had a good team. Yeah. So um, at that point, all the three founders used to code. I think today only... Bhanu does and I think Ankush still does somewhere I'm not too sure mm-hmm. but at that point it was just the three of us who used to code mm-hmm. all three of us can code mm-hmm. um, and uh, the way we split the the roles was that the person who was the most skilled would be doing backend the one who would be doing would be less skilled would be doing frontend and then the person who's even less skilled in, in coding QA. will do everything else yeah. okay. and that that was me I'm the <laughs> least skilled person amongst the three of us I'm a material science engineer. At the end of the day, I can tell you what what a material is. I can't tell you uh, every time what's modest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so I used to design uh, the UX. I used to take care of the compliance, the books, all the boring stuff in the company. Product man- you were the product manager also. The first yeah. the first product manager. Yes, I yeah. was the first product manager. Got it. Uh, then in twenty. 15 itself I think 2015 later part um, uh, when I had to f- start focusing on fundraising mm-hmm. because 2016 was a winter mm-hmm. and uh, it just became very very important that you raise funds else else you'll fail mm-hmm. and at that point uh, we had got uh, we had built an organic engine of growth through the sharing mechanism uh, that ShareChat has uh, but in that organic engine, we realize that, you know, if we do not use our capital well, if we do not start uh, some sort of, uh, we, we do not give some sort of boost to the organic engine, if our organic engine starts tapering out at some point, we will stop growing. So we need to keep tweaking it. We need to keep adding uh, more muscles to it. And that is where uh, we figured out that the first layer we should probably build is a strong content community layer. Uh, we need to ensure that the content that is there on the platform is great mm-hmm. and we'll have to start uh, tweaking uh, the behavior of the users. We'll have to start uh, getting newer forms and kinds of content uh, being added to the share, uh, to, to the share chat um, repository of content that we had because it started with a very simple thing of good mornings. Uh, the next thing that like, I mean, we had to figure out what would be the next thing and uh, things like Mehdi design uh, things like uh, Litti Choka festival things like uh, uh, daily daily motivation Gita Amrit very very uh, specific things that could drive growth for very specific users 
is is what I started working on post 2015, uh, and uh, that is where we built the language teams in the company. Actually, initially it was mainly Hindi. No, we started with four languages. We okay. started with Hindi, uh, Telugu, Marathi, and Malayalam. The one reason why we did multiple languages at for in the initial phase itself was because we wanted to figure out the general purpose model. Uh, because had we not done that, we would have figured out only Hindi, mm. and maybe then our model would not have been effective for uh, all languages. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was the first reason. The reason why we picked these four was because in our network, we only had these uh, people available at that point in time who were good enough and who we believed that can provide a lot of value to the company. Mm -hmm. So that is why uh, these four languages we start with. Um, and then I think from 2016, uh, second half, we started adding uh, two languages per quarter. Okay. And uh, that is how we started doing it. So the, you talked about a must-have. How did you figure out the must-have for this vernacular audience? Um, as I said, the, the, yeah. the 600 WhatsApp groups that yeah. we had yeah. on our phones, yeah. we started observing their behaviors. Mm -hmm. And uh, one key thing was that these people don't know how to search. They are going to the groups for content. So the must-have here was access to content in a structured fashion. If mm -hmm. I want some content, I get it there on the spot and I'm able to share it to my favorite WhatsApp chat on the spot. Mm -hmm. now, this was the must-have for a small set of users. And then eventually we knew that... Uh, that Sorry, just on that. They came to share chat, did this, and then this sent it to whatsapp yeah okay yeah. got it yeah so so we just knew that you know there's this uh behavior that mm -hmm. is growing on whatsapp and we can leverage this behavior to build a platform on top of this behavior eventually got it got that's it how, that's and how. then you started building the content repositories yeah. and all that and you were also doing a lot of experiments right like yes talk about that mindset how do yeah. you get it yeah. I, th I think that that actually is uh fairly related to this so the way so we have a we have a general experimentation structure that we follow in the company uh, and and we have that because we want to keep the company lean and be as tech oriented as possible so at first we take raw data as its own and then we build a hypothesis by observing patterns in that raw data and then we validate the hypothesis by designing a, an experiment to get more new data once that uh, hypothesis is validated we then uh, design a b tests around uh, the behavior on which that hypothesis is built. We take a control group, we take three to four variants of this, that, hypo, uh, that hypothesis, and then we do the A-B test. We figure out what is the most optimal out outcome that we need today, what are the suboptimal outcomes that we can leverage in the future. And basis this, we build a first process. The first process generally involves a few people uh, that we put together, and then we give them a tool, a very basic tool. Then we keep improving the tool to get as close to the optimal outcome as possible. And then once that tool is there, we start uh, optimizing the whole process by adding the other suboptimal uh, A-B test results as well to, to the foray. And once that process is complete, that optimization is complete, we figure out ways with which we can automate the entire process, where all we need to put in checks, where all we need to put in gate passes. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, yeah, that's how we do it. In in some cases, we are able to figure out, uh, you know, available tech in the market. Sometimes we have to build proprietary tech. In some cases, you actually cannot build tech because uh, as the problem scales, uh, the tech solutions that are available or what you can build today is not scalable. You will need human intervention. 
uh, that is where if we can find uh, avenues for outsourcing you know small bits of that system rather than giving away the entire system we give away those small bits to uh, like the mechanical turk equivalent yeah like the mechanical mean? turk equivalent yeah. and put our proprietary algorithms and av- okay. other available technologies on top of it to build a sort of close to automated stack uh, and and that also at the same time frees the bandwidth for our team members who are doing manual uh, work and then we add other set of new manual work which is more advanced and is a uh, next level problem statement to that same set of people by when they keep doing this process the, uh, the content team the content operations team also starts becoming more and more uh, adept uh, with the community with the content they become they start understanding the nuances of the user and uh, with that we are able to even figure out trends in the content even before things have become trending mm-hmm. so we are basically able to tweak uh, the be- behavior and you know it's not humanly possible for one person to know nuances of 14 languages you will need 14 different people and even in you know some languages you will have uh, diversity across states so you will need even more people to go deeper mm. that's the only way you can solve uh, for a country as diverse as india mm. and, and uh, so so this whole process of right from hypothesis testing a, a, a hypothesis validation ab testing pro, manual process tool optimization automation mm. this whole process uh, is something which we use not just uh, along our tech or product or uh, content operations we use it across finance we use it across hr we use it across every single field that so this is a framework company. that you have developed yourself as yeah. as charcha yeah this is yeah. i think a framework which we stumbled upon because if we tried to sway away from this we yeah. used to get suboptimal results so this turned out to be the most effective method at least for our team Okay. To, and to the key scaling. here is uh, i'm just trying to think out loud here so because you're a content and digital platform this whole process works right if you yeah. if you involve the physical world outside for a o2o company yeah. for someone else this becomes a little tricky yeah oh, but yeah. but it would uh, it's a very first principles approach yeah. i think it would apply to almost every type of business that is disruptive in nature wherever you are working on something that you do not have 100% knowledge about or you believe that you will not be able to have 100% uh, knowledge access by easy means or in 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 a particular time frame this is the one method with which you can uh, you know you know scale rapidly irrespective yes the trade offs and the tools will be very different per sector for instance uh, someone in real estate money will play a far more important role than technology mm-hmm. or or for e-commerce i think uh, logis uh, you know logistics nuances yeah. of logistics or last mile delivery will or or inverse logistics will play more important role than cataloging or or anything else but uh, overall the process at the at the top level at the birds eye view level will remain the same the tools you will use the data you the data sources you will use mm-hmm. will only become different and i have actually seen Uh, a few other startups n- new startups uh, mm-hmm. follow our same methodology because like there were folks who were working in our company who started company uh, com- like startups after le- uh, by uh, by leaving us mm-hmm. and they use the exact same process to scale uh, their companies as well that's that's awesome hopefully the audience is able to pick out this process particularly founders and try this out that yeah. sounds like a great framework yeah. for the for the people who might not be very familiar with social apps 
or vernacular why is data important here like a very basic question give an example what do you mean by data if you if you want today want to understand what facebook does or if you want to understand what instagram does uh you can very well go to the platform go through uh, what the people are doing go through the content and get a very uh, close to realistic sense of what the platform would be trying to achieve but when the audience uh, the way they behave becomes very different from how you as a as an individual behave it becomes very difficult to correlate the two if if you start consuming if you start using a chinese app for instance mm-hmm. and you start seeing certain behaviors on chinese apps and you see that these apps are thriving sometimes you'll find a disconnect as to why is this platform doing so well in china uh if 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 it is doing so well it means there are a lot of users who are uh, experiencing liking it or yeah. liking it but i'm not able to connect to it i'm not able to like it why should it grow and this is uh this is the same problem statement with the vernacular audience these users have come on the internet in the last 3 4 years and they will keep coming for the next 5 years but the other folks people like you and me and supposedly people who will be hearing the podcast they have been in, on the internet for 10 years plus mm-hmm. like i have been on the internet for 18 years now mm-hmm. and i'm sure you would have been on it for longer. 20 years plus right <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't want to age myself <laughs> so, yeah no i'm just kidding yeah, yeah. no much no. more yeah. so um when 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 you do not know anything about an audience but you do know that you want to work with that audience and that's how your mass audience is going to behave the only thing the best thing you can do is find data build experiments let uh you know run those experiments on that audience and keep getting more insights so that you can uh create a a a a an create attributes and create a persona in your mind around who are you building this for mm-hmm. what are the challenges in their life what are the good things about their life what do they want to experience more what are their aspirations what are their constraints and what are their general behaviors and if you're able to you know get as close to that as possible you'll be able and and model that person if you're if you're able to model that person you'll be able to understand why a platform uh, like a weibo or a kuai show in china does so well and the same thing has not happened in india why why a twitter is so so important in the us and why in india it is restricted only to the elite people mm-hmm. when, when when you do this you will understand why uh the vernacular audience is so different what's their nuances what's the differences and and yes. things like that and yeah. and you're you're having a data led product management approach right yes. where you're letting the audience tell you what yes. they like what they don't like yeah. right so and then you're doing it for millions of people so yes. you need the experimentation platform as well as exactly data. that's that's beautiful that's great thank you that's helpful uh, learning about chat chat now maybe let's switch gears you talked about one of the things books that help you in scaling maybe what like for, as a first time founder um, and i'm sure you have made a lot more founder friends what what has helped you scale in the past 3 4 years as the company has scaled you also managed to personally scale i think uh, a founder stops a founder or anyone for that matter they mm-hmm. stop growing once they stop learning and uh, if you Uh, are a voracious learner if you are someone who wants to uh, find out ways to know more about your users or uh, your product how you can build better uh, 
you should n- never be complacent if you are being complacent the right side of the bell curve begins <laughs> you you if you as a founder you would always want to be on the left, left side you would always want to keep growing um so i think uh, one key advice for first time founders would be that never uh, never stop learning i think i think that's key and one method of not stopping learning is the data driven approach if you keep finding out data you will keep getting surprised by your users you will keep getting surprised by your business partners and as you keep getting surprised your understanding uh, will keep improving and if you make that a part of your daily life uh, you will never feel that you have learned enough mm. and uh, that will you know keep driving you to learn more and more and more and more um one other advice which is separate Sorry, from on learning, that learning yeah. itself how do you learn like what are the ways you learn for i keep myself involved in as uh, any uh, almost all the data experiments that are happening in the company at a daily level like right now after this podcast i'll go back and i'll i'll have to go through four different projects that are running between four different teams uh, so that's and why and these are different kinds of experiments yes, across different very, sectors very different like okay. i i deal from things like policy to fake news to core user uh, retention to how uh, to virality like it's it's just like a mm-hmm. completely different Uh, and these are many sequence. of these are are all of these are new things you've picked up and learned and improving on yeah um they are all new things but at the core level like even uh, uh, last week we were discussing two problem statements and uh, um for two different teams the interesting bit was that both the teams were actually given the same problem statement it's just that one was viewing uh, the problem statement from a user perspective the other was viewing the problem statement from a content perspective there are two ways to analyze sure. uh you know a, a, a social thing. network right so um at the core of it both were doing the same problem statement just that they were uh, uh taking very different approaches and to figure out that core approach uh, i generally invest my evenings into learning more about a user and more than that learning from uh books around factory management books around uh, financial planning books around uh, uh being a better high output manager like my favorite book is andy groves high output management i think it's it's something which i've read more than anything else in my life sure. um so i and i don't take and i don't read the books where stories are told like i used to like it's inspiring and motivational mm. but you know the marginal utility of that reduces over multiple reads but the marginal utility doesn't reduce for something like a high output management mm-hmm. because it's 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 sort of like a a, a, bo- a book of ethics or book of code mm-hmm. that how how you should build your company and it's a very very uh, if you look at Andy Grove's lectures or how he built the OKR process how yeah. he I I don't know if he really built it but it was originally from Intel uh, yeah. MBO it used to be called yeah yeah, yeah. but but I MBO yeah. but you know learning that and learning these general purpose models yeah. I I spend a lot of time in learning that first and then designing training modules for my team to learn them uh, to make them learn it then I give them a problem statement to solve it uh, along those lines and then I ask them when as they're building that process the as as we get to a tool level to impart their learning further to the next level mm-hmm. uh, so that uh, we also keep grooming 
a, a new set of managers we are we as a team keep improving and evolving and you know if my team keeps getting evolved every quarter the problem statements they will throw towards me like i have to be better than them mm-hmm. at their own skills so that i can help them mm-hmm. and when you have so many team members and so many different problem statements you will never be better than your team mm-hmm. they will eventually beat you so the way, only way you can do it is you know take yourself away from the equation take yourself out of the problem look at it from a bird's eye view follow a general purpose model get your train yourself and then go and train them on it got it okay that's great that's on the learning side anything else no i don't know do much about that staying <laughs> staying motivated saying ups and downs of the startup uh, life any tips on that you know the key is in playing long the key is not in getting us uh, you know getting fame for a few minutes uh, someone like actually the like uh, the other co-founder of grabhouse bankuri had given me an advice long back in 2015 december that farid a thousand nights toil is called overnight success mm. once you are done with the thousand no- nights you will realize that it's only been 3 years but it will look successful and i would want to extend it as you know a 10000 nights toil is true success mm-hmm. because uh, if if you are if you are uh, waiting for success uh, you will always feel terrible but if you are if your goal is to toil through those 10000 days and 10000 nights uh, you will go through ups and downs but they will be immaterial because at the end of the 10000 nights you will definitely have had success wow. on that uh, powerful and note and that's a great thought uh, hopefully you're well down your 10000 nights and wish you continued <laughs> success <laughs> thank you and uh, look forward to great things for chat 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 as well as you thanks farid for joining thank you anand thanks a lot thank you good hope you enjoyed learning about farid's journey with chat chat uh, particularly how he has scaled as a founder and a ceo over the years as well as uh, his experimentation mindset which is key to succeed as a startup to figure out various things what's right what's wrong the best way is to f- have a great experimentation mentality and and to learn from that and to keep improving and that's that's been a very key success factor for Farid in his journey i thanks for joining hope you enjoyed the podcast you can find more podcasts from the axel insights podcast series at insightspodcast.in and look forward to hearing from you at axel_india on twitter thanks and see you back soon mm-hmm.